Hello and welcome. Happy New Year. Uh, we are here today in our digital studio with the one and only Renato Pagnani, uh, who we welcome with open arms, always, et cetera, always. et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We have done this in the past uh, and we're happy to be doing it again. So welcome. It's I'm good to be back. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's been a it's been a year since you know since we did the last year in review. And uh, for those who may not have heard this before, uh, Renato was crucial to the inception of this show. Um, he is a much more adult person and has a, a many many real responsibilities that Connor and I do not. Um, and so we we like to consider him the godfather of Apocalypse Studs. He just kind of shows up. So uh, yeah, dude, thanks well, for coming he on. Again. Has financed the entire operation, of right? Course. Right. You know, he's he was yeah, our first and deep, our biggest fan. Pockets, yeah, huge yeah. supporter. <laughs> yes, yes, but yeah, dude, how's how's life? How's everything uh, going? Life is good. Uh, once again, uh, I'm glad to be here, and uh, I, I like that we've made this uh, an annual tradition so to speak. It's uh, something that I look forward to every year and getting to catch up with both of you. And uh, now that also I'm sort of removed a little bit from, from the operation, it's wonderful to see all of the episodes that you've dropped, the, the really good work that you two have done, and the growth that um, I've witnessed of the podcast. So I'd like to you know start by congratulating you two on a great 2023, and uh, 2024 is going to be even better. I know it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Connor, this is episode 42 uh, since late, uh, since what, early fall of 2022. So yeah, it's it's wild to think. Like that's almost like an episode a week pace. We try. We try. Yeah. Well, what I said, what I said in the document is it's almost the number of U.S. presidents. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and we're not, and that we're not is, too far off and that is yeah. and not yeah, a war so criminal like, amongst the episodes not one so right right we have not yet we have not yet had a war criminal yeah um, but you know not you that we can form a war criminal obviously but like you know it just depends like i would love to interview dick cheney <laughs> i don't know like what i would ask him if he is still alive even yeah, what was but it like it shooting George? Or uh, wait, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Did he sh- did he shoot George W. or did George W. shoot him? I can't remember. Yeah, it's a good. I'm pretty sure he was the shooter. Yeah, and he yeah. shot. And I don't think it was a bush that he shot in the face. I think it was like an attendant. It was like oh, okay. someone. Maybe, maybe it was. I thought that they were. It was like someone who extremely didn't deserve it. Harry I Whittington. Think. A seventy-year, yeah. then seventy-eight-year-old Texas attorney. Wow. Yeah. All right. What's awesome though is the first it, the first search suggestion when you look up Dick Cheney's name is, is shooting. Dick Cheney's shooting. Yeah, that's so. That's, was this that's a nice legacy to have for Dick? As a, as a Canadian, I'm unfamiliar with. Is this an accident that happened at some yeah. point? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. It's it's worth a look up. I don't really. I, I'm sorry that I took us you down know this Dick fucking Cheney? tangent. Yeah. Dick Cheney. You know Dick Cheney? I know, I know Dick Cheney for sure. Yeah, right, yeah, of course. So he was yeah, in he, a hunting. He was in a hunting expedition, and he shot this guy in the face with a shotgun. Yeah. Did this man survive? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It wasn't like it was, super, super it was serious. Bird shot. Yeah. Right. It was birdshot, uh, and so it was like, uh, it was like pellets, like in the guy's face. Damn. But of course, had it been a real gun, he would have just been dead. Or had it been a real bullet, you know? Sure. So it's not like I'm saying, my God, like we need to we need to try him for the shooting as well. Because of course, many, many, many crimes. <laughs> but the shooting is something that we should never forget. Right. There's never another forget. incident from that time that we are supposed to never forget, <laughs> but this is something. All right, we, got, we got we have to get off this fucking tangent. Anyway, we're not <laughs> God damn it. Uh yeah, this is why we do a year interview with the three of us because it's just us shooting the shit uh for an hour so we can talk about 2001 forever right right the only year that matters seems like the film yeah seems like uh you have had a pretty good year with your uh with your writing and things um you know i just saw the what was it yesterday you posted the profile that you had in the uh edmonton paper 
Uh, yeah. So um, this, uh, what you're referring to, were um, well, was a profile I wrote in uh, sort of our magazine, um, the big magazine in town, which is called Edify. Oh, cool. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it comes out once a month, usually in the winter. I think every two months. So like, there's this one was the January February issue, um, and it was basically a profile of a woman who works at a local. Um, news station and uh, over the last 30 years she has ran this series called um women of vision uh in which she profiles extraordinary women around town um which is a really cool um thing and so basically it was just sort of um you know it wasn't a terribly long profile i had about 500 words but i got to tell a tell um the story about this woman leslie mcdonald and just kind of her journey um the genesis uh, of the women of vision series um and you know what kind of she's up to now so uh, but yeah, it was. I was fortunate to um, get some really cool pieces um, accepted and published this year. Um, what I was happy about is uh, I've really kind of been able to write more about fashion, you know, as we as we continue. Um, and Complex was um, a publication that I had been meaning to check off the list of publications that I wanted to write for for a long time, and I was able to write uh, something for them this year, which was a profile of a up-and-coming um, menswear brand called Manresa, which is cool. based in Connecticut. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure. Um, I forget now the details exactly. Um, and they kind of are a heritage-inspired brand that like, is sort of the triangulation, I would say, of like Ralph Lauren, um, Nike's ACG line, and something like uh, you know Patagonia maybe. So there's, you know, there's... Oh, that sounds great. Uh, yeah, so they're like obviously like your traditional sort of uh, preppy influences. There's a workwear influence. There's a um, hiking and outdoors influence, and um, you know that's also one of the brands that we'll get into later. That I've probably I probably spent my money um, of the limited clothes I did buy this year um, mostly with them um, and other small brands. So yeah, they're I think they're a really exciting brand that kind of puts a, a unique spin on some of uh, some classics. You know. Um, and I was really happy to to write that piece. So uh, I talked to their founder, Mike McLaughlin, um, a really good guy, and kind of got to learn about the brand. It's it's start and you know how tough it is to uh, start a brand from from scratch in 2023. Like the brand's been operating for a few years now, and it's just finally started to take off. Right, he, uh, right. he hired a second employee this year, um, and you know that's that's what I think happens for for a lot of these brands, right? Like it's really, it's really slow to get that ball rolling, but eventually you, you get some momentum and that ball starts to roll faster. And it's great to see that, you know, um, there are a lot of small sort of independent brands that are still succeeding in in the space. And the, to me, like that's where I see the most excitement um, in menswear and probably where I spend, um, you know, or where I'm a, a customer of um, and, you know, being able to, to kind of cover those kind of up and coming brands uh, totally. is sort of what I'm looking to do um, going forward. Yeah, the retail landscape as a whole in 2023, or I, I will say the physical and or I guess online too, because like, you know, even if you just have an online store and you're stocking bullshit, how do you get that in front of people is the hard part. Um, I had a friend in Atlanta, uh, my an old, old friend and drummer in one of my old bands, Champ Hammett, that started a uh, like a high end, you know, kind of menswear uh workwear oriented store in Atlanta called Guilty Party. Um, they carry the uh, name uh, Ironheart 316, you know, a bunch of heavy hitters. And, you know, he's like just watching him. I think he opened in September and just watching the the growth. Um, you know, it's, it's mostly in person, which is awesome. And he was like, you know, the online thing, like we'll keep just trying to get, you know, get in front of more eyes. But like it's, you know, walking that balance is hard. Absolutely. Right. And, uh, you know, especially when you don't have that um, physical, you know, footprint. Right. Um, for example, Mike has, at Manresa, has done a lot of um, pop-ups, you know, over the year in in New York particularly. And I think that has helped because I think at the end of the day, you know, being able to get these garments in your hand and, and feel them and touch them and understand sizing and see how they look on your body, um, you know, that's always going to be something that customers will, I think, appreciate, right? Like I do most of my shopping online, but it's always a crapshoot. Like you never know if something's going to right. fit properly right. until you get it. Totally. Totally. Even even like the perfect, most perfect measurements. And I think I've actually said this before, like 
in a recent episode. Like, oh yeah, I want these, you know, these four measurements are perfect. And you get it in and it's like, yep, they measure right, but they don't, it doesn't fit right. For sure. And then I also think like, even with like the pop-ups, for example, it's not just about getting the clothes on you and feeling them in person, but it's about, I think, building those relationships yeah. Oh, um, yeah. with the people yeah. building the community, um, which and I think for that sort of, um, aspect they're even they're even more valuable right because like for a lot of these i think small brands they there still are you know um personality led and there's a there's a face to the brand even if the face is um not you know up in front and center in their promotional materials or whatever so um you know getting getting to know that story and that narrative and becoming a part of that lifestyle i think is something that a lot of these small brands are aspiring to do totally totally how uh how are the Oilers doing this season? You know what the Oilers, all of the the old Oilers. Um, <laughs> at the beginning of the year, they it's been an up and down season so far. At the beginning of the year, uh, they lost. They started the season like two and nine, I think, or two and eleven. It was uh, very poorly. They ended up firing their coach and hiring a new coach. And since then, I think they've gone. Uh, 16 and four. So like they've pretty okay. much uh, turned, their, turned their season. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, at one point the playoffs were looking um, very far away and unlikely, but uh, right now they're back in the mix. I think they're only just a few points out of the last playoff spot. And there's still a lot of season to go. The NHL regular season goes on until um, the end of March, early right. April. So there's over half the season to go still, but they kind of not are now playing as everyone expected them to play. They went into the season as a Stanley Cup favorite, and maybe it was part of those expectations that maybe uh, made them nervous and maybe yeah. got to them yeah. a little bit. Maybe it was in their heads, but um, and but they started to play a lot better and are kind of resembling that team that we hoped they would be. So so yeah, it's been up and down. I was very lucky. I got to see them. Um, Last week in LA and Anaheim, I went down with my wife and her family for a little trip, and we got to um, see them play at the Crypto.com Arena in LA, which is a really cool barn, and the Honda Center in Anaheim, which is an older arena, but it has its own unique charm. It sort of reminds me of a mall in the 90s. It's all tile and like yellow light. Oh, that's funny um, as hell. Very, very funny. Um, and yeah, they won both games. And it was, it was always cool for me to to watch one of the teams I cheer for um, away, like away from home, because then you know, there's always this, you know, kind of camaraderie with the other people who are also wearing those jerseys of those teams. Right. Um, you don't get when you're here because obviously everybody or, you know, a majority of the fans are uh, cheering for the same team. So I, their season's looking up. Um, I hope they continue to to play well. Their schedule is looking – it's one of the easiest schedules on paper over the next month or so, so they can really make up a lot of ground here. But um, they have a terrible tendency to sort of play down to their competition sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. I hope they can avoid that. As someone who is from Atlanta, um, every single sports team uh, – sorry, Connor, we will – end up the sports chat in a second uh every single team here is <laughs> is can, like I the think. biggest choke artist on the planet like the braves the hawks the falcons they can have the best season on earth and then they fuck up like three times in a row and they yeah. yeah okay connor we can get off sports I you just... can get no 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 listen <laughs> listen listen i talk about shit all the time that no one <laughs> fuck about i know i know okay. I, I also so, like I, to I talk to about the, sports, yeah. it is what had, it is. I had to hear about Anaheim because I, like every fucking older millennial that loved the Mighty Ducks as a kid, like the Ducks were my fucking team at a point. And so, well, didn't you say crypto.com? That's the LA arena's yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so it's, uh, it's sponsored by a cryptocurrency outfit, a website, technically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Nice. Interesting. We really do live in a new world, and boy, is it scary. What a, it's a cool I see you got the hat on. Always. Always. I didn't nice. notice. Nice. I didn't know what it said. I was like, was that a P? It's an O. It's a yeah. long, yeah. yeah, it's a long, right. See, my eyes are getting shittier. So this student I was working with, his name is Royalty. He's just the shit. Okay. And 
he's five, right? Anyway, he's fucking walking around squinting all the time. And I'm like, dude, I know you have glasses. Where are the glasses? <laughs> I say to the five-year-old. And he's like, they're home. So I'm like, just take my glasses. You sure. will be able to see better with them, presumably. And he's looking at the screen. He's like, man, yeah, I can read. So <laughs> we were doing it today. We were doing it and... I don't know. I began that tangent for some reason. My glasses, my eyes, I don't remember. Royalty. Oh, I was saying gold. I couldn't read your hat. Yes. Well, it is white on white, to be fair. But yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, is it an looks hat. cool, though. I mean, I'm for it. I'm supportive of it. Totally. When my yeah. friends are made happy by a sports event, I'm like cheering on the inside. You <laughs> can't see it, but I'm cheering very loudly. Yeah. I like to think that I have a healthy attitude to sports. Like if mm, a team that I cheer for loses, it really doesn't affect my mood right, beyond yeah. the game. It's like, because oh, they're back in the day, it used to uh, ruin my mood for days, if not weeks. And uh, perhaps it's maturity or I'm just losing interest uh, to a degree. But um, I feel like that's a much, much healthier relationship with sports. It's like, I, I, I like it as a excuse to get together with my friends and have some beers and, um, you know, talk about shit that's really pointless in the grand scheme of things, but it's a nice distraction from um, the hell that is our existence in 2023. Yeah, yeah. That's the title of the episode. That is the title. The hell of a, that is our existence 2023 interview. I think that my sports frame of reference is just like my grandfather and my uncle who like the Washington football team like above all and so not only is it a bad organization like in that little thing it's the whole thing is bad and then it's a racist name and then they always and only lose so i don't have very much just like i don't even know what it's like to win because <laughs> i feel like you can't root for a team that you aren't from it's like you can, what? you can. The Bruins were my my team but after the Ducks. You, but then aren't you like every fucking person who thinks the Patriots are no. good? No, because like growing up in the 90s, like the Braves and the Cubs were the only two nationally televised baseball teams. So sure. the Braves for a long it's time were called America. Because of TBS and WGN, I think Weird, is the Chicago. Like, but like right, there, yeah. there are tons of Braves fans that live in like bumfuck Idaho because they had cable and that was the only baseball game they could, uh, they could watch. So like, I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at that. Like I, I'm not, a but even person. that is like a caricature of a, of a native person, right? Like, oh yeah. So, I, I, yo, I will go on record and saying that I think they should rename it to the Atlanta hammers for Hank Aaron. Uh, they wouldn't even have to okay. change very much and they could get rid of the fucking Tomahawk chop. Like, play an MC Hammer song and have people, like, pounding a nail or something. It's the same fucking movement. But. Sure. I'm just, yeah, I'm just being historically. Uh, <laughs> That's think, a yeah. hysterical, historical podcast. Hysterical, historical. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't think it's weird to, like, root for someone that you're not, you know, geographically close to. A lot of teams, uh, or I would say people don't have a team in their city, right? So they're rural people. And well, then, no, no, yeah, no. I mean, then you have I was to grow with the closest geographically. To <laughs> there, I mean, to be fair, like when I was growing up and I loved hockey, like there was no team geographically close to me. Like this was before we had the Thrashers, um, after we had the Flames. And the, um, yep. and like... Both of those know, sound I, like made up. What? No, the, the Thrashers... The Thrashers I don't remember. and the Flames? The Flames moved to Calgary, and then the Thrashers, I don't remember where they ended up. But, like, Atlanta could support a hockey team now. Like, those games were fun as shit to go to, but there were only, like, 8,000 people there. But, like, this yeah. was also Matt, the early what if 2000s. we start a sports team and move to a country that has socialized healthcare? Could be great. Could be great. I don't know why we've never thought of this before. Yeah, <laughs> the apocalypse studs. But that's what you said they did, right? They moved to Calgary. Yeah, yep. well, Ca so yeah. They got I mean, health insurance. Yeah, but it, you know, that's that's the weird part that happens with professional sports and the shitty part. You know, like a team, that, a team will be we, lured they away, move irrespective of international. Uh, well, no, no, like like cities dump 
cities dump a ton of fucking money to get a team to move there. And it's like, oh, cool, this this benefits us. And like we get a brand new stadium or whatever at taxpayer expense. Anyway, not a not a tangent I care to go on. But uh Renato, what has been yeah. what has been both your favorite uh clothing purchase of the year and your most worn clothing item? So this really sort of runs the gamut, I would say, these two items. There's a very big juxtaposition. Um my I would say my favorite purchase um from this year. Uh do you say purchase or most most worn or both? Uh, both, both. Favorite purchase yeah, and then most worn. I would say my my favorite purchase uh, is probably and it's from you know the brand I had mentioned earlier, uh, Manresa, but it was a uh, a char a char coat uh, you know workwear jacket um, inspired from a vintage char coat that Mike from the brand had found somewhere at some um, vintage store, and then he made his own riff on it. Uh, oh, cool, Bittner. Uh, as it's call, called, um, in a really nice um, sort of slate blue canvas uh, material with uh, a contrast uh, corduroy collar in this kind of nice gray. It's it's wonderful. It's and it's got oh, a nice yeah, length to dope. it. So it's long. Yeah, it's really cool. It's got a nice length to it. So it's it's not quite cropped, but like it's on the verge of being cropped. It's nice and boxy. Um, and that's probably the one item I've worn more than anything. Um, besides. Um, it is probably maybe the simplest item in a person's wardrobe, but for me, I would say my most worn garment of 2023 was a tank top, just a white, <laughs> white ribbed tank top, or as you know, some call it the the wife pleaser. Right. Um, right. It and, and I didn't wear it too often in a you know uh, stereotypical mobster way where I was wearing nothing over top of it, but as a, as a layering piece and like, you know, with a, a nice camp collar shirt over top unbuttoned or even a, uh, um, you know, Oxford cotton button down, uh, long sleeve shirt, uh, unbuttoned, you know, it's just, it allows you to layer in the summer, which is hard to do at the best of times, you know, giving a little bit more dimension to your outfits and, uh, also a little bit of, you know, sexy, sexiness, right. And get the taco beef out, you know, you're just, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, I'm feeling sexy. And, uh, so honestly, I probably wore a tank top like most days with a, a different shirt over top of it. Honestly, sometimes even a jacket over top of it, right. um, for a cool look. I even wore actually to my brother's rehearsal dinner. He got married this past year in July. Um, I wore a tank top underneath a very relaxed um, uh, suit made out of it was um, what was the material um, the crinkly the crinkly stuff um, it's escaping me now linen um, uh, not linen um, but the other one it's usually striped um, seersucker seersucker yes yeah seersucker. okay uh, blue and white striped seersucker you know casual suit from Uniqlo honestly it was a great value too um, with just a tank top underneath and some um white uh birkenstock arizona sandals and it was uh, yeah. a great summer outfit i, we're, I, we're gonna I need associate a, the tank top with you yeah yeah we're gonna you need know, a photo of that for, like, the, for the post also sounds good I will, I will yeah i feel like the the camp collar uh tank top under open is like that's like a renato staple you know i feel like i have worn a tank top because i have seen you wear a tank top and been like we're not like exactly the same person obviously uh but there's like a venn diagram of our style um yeah the tank top is cool yeah i think it's i think it's great to see its resurgence over the past few years has been awesome i mean it's also functional a lot of people wear it just underneath as a a, an additional layer for warmth but here's the question it's not an underarm cover. You're right for the for the sweat protection, you know, or whatever the sweat abatement. I don't know. I've never like the uh, the tank top as yeah. um, sweat something has uh, escaped me for a long time. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's its primary purpose. I think it's probably as like just a layer of warmth um, rather than yeah, like preventing sweat. Because I agree with you. Like if that's your concern and some people are, you know, I can be a sweaty guy. Um, it's not helping on that aspect. Like I'd much rather wear just like a white, uh, you know, a crew neck t-shirt or a t-shirt of some sort. But, but the problem with that is if you're, sometimes you don't want that, that height of collar, right? So that's, that's where the tank top comes in. Cause it's a nice scoop. You can see your chest a bit. It's, it's not necessarily peeking out and in some outfits you don't want it to peek. 
Yeah, it's a nice white line. And it also reminds me of my dad. Like, my dad is a staunch tank top wearer. Um, he's Italian. He was born there. He came here when he was 15. And he's never without one. Like, I think he's worn one every day of his life. Like, his, he must have 50 of came them. Out of the womb. Um, yeah. yeah came out of the womb one for sure. That's how my, and, uh, my paternal grandpa was. I don't know. It's nice that they're leaving the association with that garment behind which is like negative and is like bad and is like ah uh, maybe a little <laughs> accurate but also like yeah yeah i like the euphemism that you used okay. that was the the wife pleaser is a is a a plus euphemism uh, of course Woman i cannot get credit for yeah, that. All that i'm sure Bentley yeah. loves seeing um, you in just that and like a pair of pants too it's it's very like your brando moment with her absolutely no and especially with you know, a pair of uh, looser <laughs> pants, right? Which are, um, I'm really, I'm really happy that we've uh, sort of firmly moved back oh. towards looser fits. Um, I can, I, a skinny jeans, skinny pants never worked on me. I could never find them that would fit because I have uh, quite large legs, um, especially like my, my upper legs. I have a little bit of uh, um, junk in the trunk, uh, <laughs> as they would say. So I always a- have to... You're a soccer, soccer player build. Yeah, a little bit of a dump truck. Um, <laughs> and even during the hashtag menswear era, when you know slim was being heralded as the as the ultimate fit, the correct fit, um, what we should aspire to, uh, finding slim pants that accommodated my butt and legs were difficult, and I'd always have to size up to such a degree to uh, to fit my um, thighs that then the waist would be too big because my waist is not that big. Um, and then they also wouldn't be slim anymore at that point. Um, you know, so I'd have to get them at that point tapered. And it was just a way too much of a headache. Also, I don't think tight pants are comfortable. And, no. and no. not only that, they're not comfortable. The majority of, of people, it's not the most flattering look. Listen, like, honestly, there's a very small segment of the population um, that like it looks good on. I'm not in that population. And also, you know, just being able to throw on a pair of pants that like are, are flowy and loose and, and, and I don't have to feel uncomfortable in like that's a win for me. I'm, I'm never going back. Um, and to, to bring this back, you know, with a nice, nice leather belt, um, pair of loafers and a tank top, like that's a simple outfit, but I think it rocks. It's killer. It's killer. Classic in the good way. Absolutely. Uh, Do you Connor, have a tank top recommendation? Yeah. Yeah. You just, buy, you just buy five ta- packs of something. I don't know. Um, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot either. No, no, I, I, I know the answer. Um, I probably have about seven to eight. Like I usually, it, for things like that, for staples like that, or like a, just a basic white tee, um, or uh, I would say underwear is different. Um, I probably have, you know, I'm a trunksman, so I like the uh, um, the boxer briefs that have been cut shorter, so there's less material to bunch up. For me, it's a, it's a very much a um, sort of practical reason. Um, but, um, I have probably 20 pairs of those, but I have about seven to eight pairs so I can, uh, of tank tops. So I can at least have one a week. And then at the end of the week, you know, I can wash them all. Um, and most weeks I'm not necessarily wearing them every day. So I'll have one or two always extra, but, um, I'm partial these days. Um, and honestly, this goes for most of my basics. So things like basic white tees, um, underwear, uh, but it's, it's Uniqlo and they, it's an affordable tank top. I think it's like $15 Canadian. I could be wrong. $14.98 rings a bell for some reason. Um, but it's, it's a nice shape and cut. Uh, it's affordable. It's ribbed, um, easy to find. They don't always carry it at the Uniqlo store. Well, we have two in town, so I usually have to end up ordering them online, but like I, I know my size. So every few months I'm ordering a few more. And, um, so that's kind of, that's kind of my go-to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a there huge proponent of uh, Uniqlo underwear and socks. Yep. Great. Yeah, I have great some socks for probably 10 years that I yeah. have in basis that are just cotton and they are like fine. Right. So I don't know if they make their stuff like that, and, but I just just because I don't have experience with we're pro Uniqlo. We are. We are. Sponsor us. Uh, Connor, what is, same question to you. What's been your, uh, your favorites and your most worn item? Well, Matt, I have to say, uh, in the document, I even, <laughs> I even whoa, wrote down whatever those jeans that you gave me, the Levi's that you can like, people love those fucking things. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah they, they, were, they were solid. So what are the jeans, Connor? Give us some, give us some details. 
they're, they're five of five. Yeah. They're right. like probably late 80s, very early 90s, like uh, Levi's Made in USA 505s, which is my personal favorite cut. And uh, yeah, I just. How do, the, how do the 505s differ in fit from the 501s so for, for reference? They are, the 505, it's, it's similar in certain ways. Um, the 501 is button fly, 505 is zip fly. That was their first, uh, well, after the fuck. After the uh, 554Z, which was essentially a zip fly 501 in the uh, in 54 is, or I guess 53 yeah. or so is when it officially came out. Um, the 505 was their answer to that. So they basically, it's a it's a mid rise like the 501 um, zip fly, which is personal preference. But I, in my opinion, I think that it like it's got a little bit more room in the thigh and it's got a little bit more taper. So it's it's okay. like it's just a the best fucking straight fit jean I can think of, honestly. Um, They're a little they, less like five hundred ones are. Yeah, five hundred ones are like stovepipes. These have like enough of a taper, but then they keep room up top where they like fit a variety of body size. <laughs> Biles, yeah, 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 yeah. They are good though, and I have had them repaired like by different people, so they look cool. Even my like aunt, who was like, she doesn't give a fuck. She was like, oh man, those are jeans. <laughs> so like, I would say those. I have been really happy with the um, LBM nineteen eleven jackets nice. that I got. Yeah, uh, I think those uh, were also our, with Matt's my recommendation advisement. Yeah. 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 So I was giving you credit though. I was in the midst of giving you credit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think those are amazing. Like I've never had a nice cotton jacket before, but it really is like, it is like a night and day difference in terms of we're talking about comfort again, like Jesus, yeah. the fucking like unstructured Italian jacket compared to basically anything else. There's nothing yeah. that compares. And I um, like, I don't wear tailored clothing very much at all anymore. I still appreciate it. But, like, I wear my tailored shit the same way that I'll wear, like, a chore coat. And so, unstructured, like, super comfortable stuff. I beat the fuck out of it, and it, like, somehow still holds up. But, like, you know, if you're kind of... When I was working in menswear, you know, I was constantly moving around. And, like, that shit shifts with you and just... I don't know. There's just something about it. Like, it's not, you know, you're not going to wear that to court if you're a fucking lawyer, but it's just, yeah, it's like a natural feeling jacket to put on. If you want to be taken seriously. Like yeah, that, I guess. yeah, probably not. Yeah, you, you um, want to, want a gray charcoal suit with a little bit of structure, but uh, yeah, well shit. They're sick. Other, also, bucket hats. Mm -hmm. I've accumulated a lot of bucket hats this year that I'm pleased with. Uh, from Matt, some from <laughs> Matt, some from Miss Taylor. I didn't shout out Miss Taylor, shout the out. admin at my school. Uh, well, it's like funny because like a lot of my good shit has come from you this year. Uh, but that's like not a coincidence. You have good taste and you're pretty well connected. So it's like it all it stands to reason, really. Right. I right. mean. I think I got that purple Canali cashmere jacket, which I love because oh, it's yeah. like, I got it at the thrift store for like 12 bucks. It has patch pockets. It's so nice. It looks like a, it kind of looks like a Navy blazer, but it's purple cashmere, which is really, yeah. uh, so anyway, I got a lot of clothes that I like. That's the, I, I feel like I have a, yet again, gotten a lot of clothing that I liked this year. Yeah, I, and I think that, like, honestly, Connor, you've kind of, like, come into your own shit again. and Or, you know, like, yeah. you've, you've evolved. It, Connor famously sends me things that wa make me want to puke, and I'm, like, his arbiter. If I hate it, or his girlfriend, Aaron, hates it, Connor's like, yeah, this is my shit. But I think you've moved. Okay, well, give me an example. Oh, yeah. God. A, any Connor of those... Any of the terrible pattern, like yellow, bright yellow uh, wallaby, yeah, which are sick. Actually, they are sick. Like they have the twisty, curly laces on them. Very, very. I feel like that's like the original Wu Tang wallaby, right? You know, yeah, it looked yeah. cool on anyway, Wu Tang. It doesn't mean you should buy them. Yeah, listen, I will admit that I am not always the person who should be wearing these things, not in an appropriative way, but like. 
I just like how stuff looks, and I haven't bought the yellow wildies, have I? Right. Yeah, I know. I know. Hit your knowledge. So, Renato, he will, yeah, to my knowledge, he'll send me, like, the, do you remember Gant Salty Dog shirts? Like, the crazy pattern, like, Gant button downs? Yep. Like, Connor yep, yep. somehow finds the most hideous prints on Earth, and is like, yeah, this is cool. It's, it's yellow and maroon and a bunch of other fucking colors, and he'll send it to me, and I'm just like, uh, tell me this is nuts. Yeah, this one yeah. is sick. I've successfully worn this one many times. Yeah, I mean, the, I, with, I, with the, with the I'm not jackets. saying that like it. Some of this doesn't look cool on you. I'm just saying that like if I, I hate know. it or I'm Aaron hates it, yeah, yeah, then I'm going with it. Then I'm but, going for it. But he also has started to listen to me when I'm like, "Hey, don't wear that tie with that jacket, please." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's laughing. Uh, well, I, I think one of my sort of rhetorical 2024, you know, resolutions have been to start doing a lot more sort of uh, procuring of my clothes via vintage. So I think oh, I'm happy to your expertise, Matt. Oh, dude, you're you're always welcome. Hit me up. Uh, I, you know, I dress very boringly. Um, I well, we're we're gonna get to that, motherfucker. Yeah, I know. I, I have like. I, forever that I remember, like, I, I am one of those people that finds, like, kind of a uniform, and I just, like, wear that for extended periods of time in, in like, you know, various ways, and, yeah, like, I, I am very it's much like, like the that. the most fascist part of you, Matt. It really I mean, is. It, it's just, like, uniform. It's, it's like, oh, I find this insanely comfortable, and it fits what I need it to fit right now. I'm just going to wear something like this every single Like, I, I am one of those people, I don't buy a whole lot for myself. Um, and my, my general rule is the only things I want to own, clothing-wise, are things that, like, are fighting to get me to wear them every single day. And so that's where the uniform's in. You know, I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just, like, it's how I am. It's how I've always been. I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm just making fun I also, of you. Yeah, I know, I know. I also beat the shit <laughs> out of all everything that I own, like... I have a jacket that uh, my buddy Matt thrifted. Um, it's a 50s uh, JCPenney Big Mac chore jacket, all right? He thrifted it shortly after I, I met him in 2017. It was like one wash, maybe two wash. Uh, within two years, that thing, I had people telling me, looks like someone wore this for 100 years because I would just like wear it almost every single day. But yeah, that's just how I am. But yeah, like I'm, dude, I love, I love helping people and like people sending me shit that they like. And, you know, Connor, I'm a little bit more brash, but, uh, you know, like I feel like I'm a pretty good, <laughs> Matt would I'm not, be nice to you. Yeah. Matt I'm not nice trying to be like an arbiter of taste, but you know, like if you need help and be like, I can, I know how a lot of things fit. I have a lot of experience handling shit. And so, yeah, like I'm, I'm not expecting well, to be there. What you said? having that outside perspective is helpful though right like you know to somebody to bounce an idea off of or be like hey what do you think of this i mean yeah for sure, sometimes, for sure. like i think as i get older i am doing a better job of buying things that like i won't eventually regret in six months or like i won't be like ah why did i buy that but you still i think no matter what are gonna you know find find some duds in terms of like your personal style and what totally. you know, what you think you might wear is something that you don't so having somebody who can maybe help reduce the number of, uh, you know, L's you take, I think. Is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I take, For like, sure. I, I, I never try anything on in a thrift store. Like, it's just something I, I don't do. And so like, I bought so many things that I personally like looked at and I was like, yeah, that's cool. And that'll probably fit. And then I put it on. I'm like, I feel like a fucking clown. So, you know, I, I understand how that goes. You don't want to take L's when you're buying like a, a non thrift store thing off eBay. Do you, Matt, when you're doing your vintage uh, shopping, do you use those like, you know, you see on TikTok and all those things, use your like arm length to like know if a pair of pants will fit you or something. Um, Are any of those actually oh, yeah. so, Put the waist so, on the neck. I, I, I always carry a measure t- uh, measuring tape with me. Um, that's like in my part of my everyday carry. Um, I don't do that. I have found that it can work. Uh, the neck thing in particular. Um, my friend Will, who is a bigger dude, like he's 6'4", I think he's like a 37 or so waist. Um, he uses that a lot and it works. Uh, if you're if you're mostly normally proportioned, like, you know, I don't want to say fuck, normal's a bad word, but like, 
you know, most you can't I'll, be sad. I'll use, no, no, no. I will use this example. Okay, so most normal suiting is drop six, drop seven. So if you're a 42 chess, you're probably at 35 or 36. That's pretty standard. Um, you're probably like a 16 and a half inch shirt, like pretty standard things if you're if you're you know kind of in the in the regular range like you can buy stuff off the rack and your you know your proportions all kind of match up it can work um you know not everyone is like that but a good majority of people are kind of like that like you know it just you know if you're a if you're a fucking bodybuilder and you've got a 17 and a half inch neck and a 32 waist now that probably ain't gonna probably ain't gonna work but you know you ca- if you kind of think about it, like in terms of just regular builds, because obviously, like off the rack shit has a purpose. You know, most people can buy something off the rack at a store, and you know, with a little bit of tailoring, it you know th- those kind of tricks can work. I don't trust them totally, but you know, depends. That was a long-winded answer for that question. Uh, they can work, yes. Okay, good to know. Because Bailey, yeah, well, of wife... course they can work, right? Like with one person's yeah, I mean, I... waist is the same size as their neck, then it can work. Well, it's not even that. Just... It's it's like it's not the that your waist and your neck are the same, but a lot of time that proportion matches up in a way, and so it does work out. Like I, I'm not, I haven't done the science or the research on this, but I have seen it work countless times. I have just personally never used the thing. You want to talk about music? Always. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. well, I guess, Renato, you should go first. If you feel satisfied, Matt, with talking about clothing, I mean, we continue to talk about clothing. Oh, I'm good. I'm um, good. But we've each had a turn, and so now we can go to the mic. Yeah. Sure, let's do it. Um, and sure, I can take lead. Um, I, I collected my three favorite albums of 2023. I, I thought, uh, you know, overall... There, were a lot of, there was a lot of good music this year. Um, I got to see some cool shows. Um, we, Bailey and I, my wife went to Vancouver um, in, I think it was April, with uh, two friends of ours, a couple. And uh, we went there to see um, the Boy Genius show. So oh. the Boy Genius being the super group of Lucy Dacus, uh, Julian Baker, and B.B. Bridgers. They were playing at an outdoor amphitheater there, and it was a, a really lovely show. Um, also, maybe the chillest, most friendly audience of um, any show I've ever attended. It, it, it was all like uh, 17-year-old lesbians and, 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 and like uh, gay dudes. It was awesome. Like It was like a very queer audience, and I think that is not um, unrelated to why it felt so welcoming and inclusive um and they're just vibing with the music but yeah they, those girls are so talented um and that was one of my favorite records of the year their uh full-length uh debut i think it's a, a great record um something i've returned to often and the other two records i really love this year um uh, well before i get to those i an honorable mention um and it's because it's kind of sort of pertinent to time but it was you know, just the holiday season. Um, and I am a Christmas music man. And Oh yeah. Um, oh no. And one, uh, it was a new a new Christmas EP that uh Sabrina Carpenter, who makes pop music, she's a former Disney uh, Disney star. She was the one who was sort of um involved in that love triangle triangle that Olivia Rodrigo was singing about on her music. Um wow, but she dude, also makes really good deep. pop music on her own and she released a christmas ep called fruitcake which is fantastic i love it and i listened to it probably a hundred times in december (laughs) Um, maybe 200 times um because it's so short i just had it on loop um forever it's a good thing that spotify uh stops counting your music i think at the end of october or something uh it's probably definitely been number one for me um but fruitcake a great collection of uh mostly original Christmas songs. Um, she does one cover of White Christmas at the end, but the others are originals and they're, they're really fun. Um, but the other two full length, you know, LPs that I really enjoyed this year uh, were World of Hassle by Alan Palomo from who is also known as Neon Indian. Uh, and it's actually kind of funny. I went to listen to that album again the other day and it's, it's marketed as an Alan Palomo uh, solo album, um, right? Uh, not a Neon Indian project, but he recently added 
Alan Palomo slash Neon Indian to like the Spotify um, record at least because I think he probably really, he was realizing Neon Indian is a much more known quantity than his own name is. So he was missing out on a lot of, you know, people searching for Neon Indian and whatnot on the streaming services. So I think it was a smart move of him to do that. But um, it's a collection of, if you are familiar with Neon Indian's music at all, um, sort of a continuation of that sort of synth uh, pop sort of um, chill wavy he's moved away from chill wave um which is he was one of sort of the uh you know biggest names of it uh back in the day when that uh sub genre was um cresting um but this is sort of more a more poppy sort of um collection of songs where his his voice is actually very high up in the mix and they're they're pro proper pop songs very 80s inspired um music inspired like honestly um might be um a pretentious reference but like it's very sort of like pension-esque like he has all these characters with like weird names in it like he writes a song about getting lost in a mall as a young uh you know uh latino kid um called the wailing mall and it's it's, it's sort of like tongue-in-cheek and it's, it's a very very funny record um yeah bailey thinks it sounds like muzak and, and can't stand it so uh your your mileage may vary but i i really i really think it was an underrated record year last year that didn't get um the the props it deserves it's, it's awesome um but my favorite record of the year was uh called madras uh or mother in spanish i'm pretty sure uh, or maybe not spanish or some spanish adjacent language um by uh, sofia cortesis who is a peruvian electronic producer uh, she is great, and that was by far my my favorite record of the year. Um, There's a lot of really cool um, dance, uh, house-inspired music that really uses a lot of South American influences and really you know works those sounds into it in a in an organic way. Um, and that was you know those are probably my three most played records of the year. Solid. Uh, all things that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say we can make a playlist of the stuff and put it yeah, out. Definitely. And then everyone will know. Everyone will be able to hear it. Yeah. Which um, we can do a collective playlist. Last time. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Our favorite our favorite tunes of the year. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. Well, do you want to go, Matt, or do you want me to go? Uh, I can go. Um, yeah, right. I, I, I feel like this year um, I kind of rediscovered. Uh, how much I enjoy going to like shows again, which has been really refreshing. Not, not like I'm going to a show all the time, but uh, I've been to, I've been to more this year or well, 2023 than I probably had been in like five years. Yeah. It was just a really, really good time. Um, there's a ton of fucking good music coming out of Atlanta right now. And like uh, I started a band recently as I've talked about um, and you know, a ton of, ton of my friends uh, are making just killer fucking art. And I'm really excited to like jump back into that too. Um, but yeah, my, my favorite record of the year uh, was a collab record. Uh, this kind of like noise uh, band. I don't really know what their genre is, but uh, they're called Uniform from New York. And they did a split with Boris, uh, the Japanese band. Um, Stoner metal, uh, just amazing, amazing musical outfits. Um, and yeah, that, that was definitely my favorite of the year. Um, it's nine songs, 35 minutes. I, I listen to it on a, not daily, but probably like at least weekly basis. Um, that was fucking awesome. And then the flip side of that, which I think I've probably also talked about, was uh, Jason Isbell and the 400 Units uh, LP Weather Vanes, which that dude might be, might be my favorite current like songwriter, you know, in the, in the like Americana, rock, country, whatever, uh, side of things but those two records blew me away um honestly and i got to see boris with the melvins uh back in september that was fucking fantastic um this band from england called hivez that kind of sounds like uh if the if uh the stone roses wrote a hardcore record that's kind of hivez's vibe uh saw them at a small club like back in april um yeah it's just been a really good year of shows yeah, I want to shout out from Atlanta, uh, Radium Jaw, No Head, Hubble, uh, Symbiote, um, all the Saints who are a, a legend here. But yeah, like there's just a ton of fucking good shit happening here. Really, really excited about it. Also, Downgrade and um, all phenomenal fucking bands that put out good, except for all the Saints. Yeah, they're just 
they play one <laughs> show every like two years and they played two this year and i was really happy about that nice you mentioned uh jason isbel who is awesome i'm i'm, I'm a huge fan myself nice. uh, also uh surprisingly good actor i don't know if i, I haven't saw yeah Kirby. i haven't seen it yet i want to i just haven't had the three and a half hours to commit or whatever it is yeah and he, he plays um a supporting role and he's not in it for that long but more than you'd think and uh, he actually holds his own so shouts out to uh the multi-hyphenate jason isbel yeah yeah he uh he you know has said on record multiple times that like he wrote a lot of that record while he was on set and like one song is called the king of oklahoma which is fucking man that's a that's a song and a half um but yeah like i don't know it's just funny to see that that were or to see him collide in that kind of like context it's wild yeah, yeah. now jason is obviously you mentioned matt is sort of you know on the periphery of country you know, yeah, yeah americana genre have you gotten at all into sort of like the recent sort of um resurgence of like outlaw country guys like oh Zach yeah brian uh and, yeah like uh, i love Sturgill. yeah yeah like there's you know chris stapleton which is wild because like he came from that you know he came out of that like country scene and and just did the you know the monday night football uh anthem and like yeah it's you know i've been into that shit for years and like it's it's nice to see that resurgence of of the attitude and the like type of songwriting that is you know in my opinion more true to like legit country than this pop bullshit you know people can like what they like but i i, I don't like anything that's been played on like you know modern country radio in probably 20 years so yeah yeah, fair. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good uh, a lot of good songwriters and like you know in in the the outlaw and the the kind of overarching like Americana I guess like world that kind of includes like folk and and whatnot. There's yeah, there's a ton of good shit. Charlie Crockett, I don't know if you am much, but he's uh, he's become one of my favorites the past couple of years. Okay, I'll have to check him out. Hell yeah, Connor, what you got for us? Dun dun dun. <laughs> All right, well so. I went through my Spotify, uh, whatever, my Spotify plays, my year review. Um, I want to say the West Side, yeah, the West Side Gun album that he released was so horrid. Oh, no. Despicably bad. It was like just a just just terrible anyway so i was really looking forward to that as like were a lot of people i guess maybe not a lot of people but some people were looking for and that did not materialize um but i was gonna say number three uh l michael's affair black thought glorious game i thought that album was really good amazing even i recommended it to my roommate rob who is like not we like do not really have a venn diagram of music uh Uh, but he in, like loves it. <laughs> Connor, I have to interject. Uh, in the same way that Connor sends me listings to things on eBay that I either don't approve of or just don't care about, uh, Connor sends me a lot of links to, that he tells me to check out, which are, you know, I like some rap and hip hop. I'm not really up on it. Uh, I listen to some and they're usually really good. They're just not my shit. But, uh, yeah, we we have a dichotomy. We go back, in, we in go back and forth. Yeah, we, we do, go back we and do. forth. Just I like, also send. I send you are not going to enjoy. Yeah, but and like, I send Connor like I send Connor a stoner metal song, and he's like, I, I, I don't even. Yeah, sometimes doesn't respond. I'm sometimes a stoner, like, but cool. I'm made out of clay. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's what friends are for: expanding each other's boundaries. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I thought that that was a really well done album um i thought that all the production is really beautiful and black thought who is sometimes kind of monotonous like the same flow that over and over again it's like he doesn't do that so brazenly this album and i think that it really just goes it's like um yeah it's kind of a tour de force uh for both him and then i would say free young thug uh young thugs business is business i listened to that album on repeat for many many weeks at a time without interruption 
I just like, what is there to say about Young Thug that hasn't been said? I mean, Nato has said things about Young Thug better uh, than than me. I just think he's like the artist of our generation. <laughs> so like, it just it just kind of that he is Wait. likely never going to get out of jail is like very bad. Is he? I should know this because of the news junkie that I am. But is he part of the YSL case that's happening right now? He's the guy. Oh yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. God yeah, damn. He's yeah, guy. I follow so a couple. Using of, his lyrics. Yeah, I follow yeah, a couple of uh, journalists him. on Twitter from Atlanta that like are covering this trial extensively. It's terrible. It's yeah. like, and so of course he has like done dumb shit and like continues to do dumb shit. But it's like the justice system just doesn't work, so we can't put anyone in jail. Right. And, and so. That I thought was amazing. Maybe not as amazing as some of his earlier stuff. Um, finally, the Young Nudie album, Gumbo, I thought just blew my mind. Like, it sounds like uh, like future era Atlanta. It's very... I don't know. The production is really powerful, I guess. And like, Nudie just like raps about dumb shit basically and sounds really great <laughs> like sounds uh he talks shit about video gaming which i think is funny <laughs> um you know like xbox that's for lames <laughs> which i just okay. think is like yeah so, so there we have it. uh no i think that the point is like you should be like chasing tail rather than playing video yeah. uh, well, which i, I don't mean, know that i, I think you can do both that. personally yeah to, to mm-hmm. each their there's a, you there's can, a, you can, you can, of course. There's a lot of tail that are also gamers uh, in any yeah. gender whatsoever. So, well, Young Nudie doesn't know any of them. Yeah. And Young no, Nudie is not pursuing any of them. Young no Nudie gamer needs to be, chicks. Yeah. <laughs> young young Nudie needs to be woke to the, to the real gamers that span a, a variety of, I'm just kidding. I don't know. We really gotta. We're really going out on a limb here. Going, we, out, going out. We really are. This, this, this Renato, is. The, you're not like a gamer, right? You have a. You have a. You have a respect for people, regardless of their sex or gender. Well, and so you're not should. a gamer. All right, we got. We got to fucking leave this subject. Um, also, it's, <laughs> we're, we're we're quitting a lot of them this time. But that's yeah, good. we're we're. I, I'm pulling the cord on this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. they also fuck they also fuck uh anyway yeah i think yeah this has been a, a fun interview um and the end of 2024 we'll see what the future holds and uh if we're not on fire we will be doing this again with renato thanks um, for having me guys yeah dude thank you so much uh shout out your uh your thing so people can get to know you better my friend well, if uh, anyone is so inclined to follow me on social media, my handle is the same everywhere. It's uh, Renovate, R-E-N-N-A-V-A-T-E. Um, and yeah, I basically just post a lot of fit pics, uh, whatever I'm wearing. Um, a lot of great fit pics. Wonderful fit that. Pics. And thank you, thank you. I try I to continue to, to push myself. Um, it's just kind of a nice uh, way to catalog all of the outfits I, I wear for for future reference for myself so i can you know um think about what worked or what didn't work and uh um it's it's a nice little sort of catalog and uh, i also post you know whenever i do occasionally write things um links to articles there um but yeah you can find me on twitter because i refuse to call it anything other it is um, twitter Instagram. it's twitter you know, we don't acknowledge the other name. It always has been and forever will be Twitter. Exactly. And yeah, you can find me there. And uh, maybe I I would like to maybe do more on TikTok this year. Um, I feel like when it comes to Instagram, they're really pushing reels. And I really don't know if I feel compelled to make reels. Um, so, but I'm not too concerned about that. I post things just uh, for myself and, you know, if anybody else is interested in them. So, um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And uh I wish you two guys best of luck in, in 2024. I know the podcast is going to go, uh, you know, to the moon and uh, it's always enjoyable to sort of wrap up the year with you two. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Same here. Uh, you post things for the culture. That's, that's how, why you post. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, this has been a great year for us and um, our audience. Uh, thank you so much for listening. 
Um, we're going to take a few weeks off um, of making new episodes. We have a, a, a very special project uh, in motion that we will soon reveal. And um, yeah, we'll come back strong and try to continue uh, the quote unquote work that we're doing. But everyone. Apocalypse says merch when? Uh, yeah. Soonish. Soonish. We, okay, good. I yeah. want a hat. I want listen, a team. I want if a... it's not work, then you can produce the rest of the episodes. I mean, you know what I'm saying. We, we're not, we're not <laughs> getting paid to do this. You know, we're, we're at the mercy of our, our, of our friends and the people that, wait, how many lessons have we gotten to so far around what? I think you're at like 15K. Dude, that, yeah, for, for like two cute little dudes starting this program, like that's fucking huge for us. So yeah, yeah, I, I downplay yeah, it, really but fun. I am forever grateful that anyone gives a shit, continues to give a shit and is cool. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Until- and I was going to actually, I was actually going to do this yesterday, but I'm going to do it now. Uh, it's not a Bud Dwyer thing. It's a. Uh, Shout out to all of our new listeners from Argentina, yeah. Chile, Kenya, Serbia, and Nigeria. That's Holy wild. Fuck. Who knows? Apocalypse. Who knows if that's real? Who knows yeah, if that's yeah. real? But like international, whatever. We take it. Yes. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was much appreciated. And um, until next time, I'm Matt Smith at Rebels Rogues, and I'm Connor Nunez at Real Connor Nunez. Uh, if you would like to follow us on Instagram, it's at Apocalypse Duds. Uh, questions, comments, concerns, hit us up on email. Whatever you want to send us, send us an emoji. Apocalypse we don't care. Man. It's Apocalypse Duds at gmail.com. Yeah, thanks again. We'll see you soon.